Peace of Christ to you all. Um, I remember when uh, I was a, a teenager, and uh, maybe some of you are there now, or you, you can remember that uh, maybe you had the same thought, um, you know, that, uh, you know, I was going to wait, you know, to follow God. You know, I was a teenager, I just thought, you know, I'll sort of do my thing for a while, you know, and then when I, I get older, you know, when I have a responsibility or, you know, something like that, then, then I'll start to, to follow God. I don't know if that was your experience or not, but our um, looking at Ecclesiastes today, as, as we've been walking through it, he, what, what Ecclesiastes tells us is that's a foolish idea. You know, that, that as, as he looks at life, he says, life only gets harder. So you better start now, wherever you are, whatever your age. You know, start now, even in the womb. Start walking with God so that you're prepared for life. I mean, those that have been walking with us, you've heard me say this, but those that are here maybe for the, the first time today or been asleep the last seven Sundays, you know, Ecclesiastes is, is uh, he's the, the teacher. That's what Ecclesiastes means. And he's looking at life. He's observing life and things around him. And he says as he just looks at life, just at what he can see, you know, and, and hear and touch and taste, you know, just, just the things under the sun. Really, if you're going to be honest, life's meaningless. The word that he uses is vanity. Same word that for vapor, meaning that there's something that's there, but when you go to grab it, you know, it has no substance. And so as he looks at life just from his vantage point, he says, you know, if we just look at it from the earthly vantage, it seems meaningless. And as he looks at that, as he starts that honest pursuit, as we've walked through this, he comes back around over and over again. The only way to find meaning is to seek after God. And then the meaning will follow. The the purpose will follow. The peace will follow. The joy, the love, it will follow. But if you seek after meaning and purpose, what you find is there isn't any. But if you seek after God whether young or old or anywhere in between. That's where you'll find meaning. So our passage is in chapter 11. We're starting with with verse 7, towards towards the end of of his journey. And you'll notice that he's really sort of arguing with himself here. And we'll walk through this and you'll see that it... He's, he's in this tension um, between looking at life and seeing it meaningless, but knowing that in God, that's where we find meaning. Let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Speak to us uh, through um, you, the power of your Holy Spirit, the presence of your Spirit in, uh, in each of us that we might hear from you. In Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, starting with verse 7, it's uh, 542 in uh, your pew Bible um, of chapter 11. Light is sweet and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. Even those who live many years should rejoice in them all. 
Yet let them remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Rejoice, young man, while you are young, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Follow the inclination of your heart and the desire of your eyes, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Banish anxiety from your mind and and put away pain from your body, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years draw near, when you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return with the rain. In the day when the, the guard when the guards of the house tremble and the strong men are bent, and the women who grind, cease working because they are few. And those who look through the windows see dimly. When the doors on the street are shut and the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low. When one is afraid of heights and terrors are in the road, The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails. Because all must go to their eternal home, and the mourners will go about the streets. Before the silver cord is snapped, and the golden bowl is broken, and the pitcher is broken at the fountain, and the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the breath returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the teacher. All is vanity. So in the beginning of our passage, he tells us, enjoy the days that you can. And he even says, it's possible for you to enjoy all the days of your life. Even though, as he's telling us throughout the passage, that life gets harder. You know, that things start to break. Using metaphor after metaphor, you know, that our, our hearing um, our, gets worse, our sleep gets worse, our sight gets worse, our desires, they continue to decline. He sees that and says, you know, just looking at this, this is vanity. But, tells us at the beginning, in verse 8, Even those who live many years should rejoice in them all. And as I said at the beginning, what he's telling us here is is, it's, it's hard to follow God in all of life. And in a way, it only gets harder. The the experiences in this life become more and more challenging. And so if we try to seek meaning, if we try to find joy and pleasure in the experiences of this life, it will get harder and harder as we grow older. I have a feeling a few of you might be saying amen in your heart of hearts right now. That's Ecclesiastes. Somebody just said shame on you. I'm like, that's why Ecclesiastes is trying to be honest. You know, no, no secrets here. He's not Pollyanna. But what he is saying is if you want to find meaning, 
then you have to find it in God, the one who is the Creator. Psalm 92, 12 through 15, another part of the wisdom literature, gives us a word from the other perspective from Ecclesiastes. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. In old age, they still produce fruit. They are always green and full of sap, showing that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. I invited Carol Brown just to come and share with us. She has a little more experience than I do. And maybe to hear from her just a a word of how have you found this to be true for you? Well, you know you're getting old when you worry more about getting up the steps and down than you do what you're actually going to say. (laughs) Anyway, could we just have a word of prayer? Father, help me this morning. Help me to be succinct, clear, and magnify your name because I know in my heart somebody needs this message this morning. In Jesus' name. I grew up in a Christian home. I always had a tender heart for God. And it probably wasn't until my teen years that I really started to go through the usual questions. How do I know the Bible was really true? I was raised in a Christian home, so of course I believe the Bible. What if I'd been raised in a Muslim home, a Hindu home? You know, all those things that you go through as a teenager. But there was never really any serious outright disbelief. It just was kind of on the back burner. I went to a Christian college, and my sophomore year, I remember uh, distinctly there was a meeting. I think it was actually an Athletes in Action a basketball game. And there was a, a, they were asking people to stay for a little service after that there was going to be a speaker. And it was midterms, and I didn't really want to go. And, uh, but I ended up just being compelled to go to, to at least the speaking part. And I don't remember who spoke but the person gave out the claims of Christ on your life and the necessity for laying down, staking your claim in the Lordship of Christ and just basically saying to Lord, do with me as you will. And I was compelled. I, I walked across that gym floor and my heart was, I thought it would pound out of my chest. But that was the time I look back to that I really nailed down the Lordship of Christ in my life. The next 11 years, things went along, the usual things, graduation, a job, marriage, a family. Everything was going smoothly, though busy. I had many balls to keep in the air. And uh, anyway, it came to a a screeching halt at 29 when I came down with full-blown rheumatoid arthritis Rheumatoid arthritis is a nasty disease. It's full of pain, crippling, and all kinds of things. And thankfully today they have many new medicines to help deal with that, but they weren't available at that time. I was just, and I've told you this story before. I'm not going to linger there, but I was just devastated with pain. I just could not believe that one day I could be normal and the next day I could feel like this. And uh, so anyway, I just... I cried out to God, and, and I just clung to Jesus 
through the Word. The Word became everything to me. And one of the things that helped me most is that God, uh, through the Holy Spirit, led me into reading the Bible, looking at each verse with his character in mind. And as I, as I learned to do that more and more, praise started welling up in my heart. And it was really interesting, this life of pain that I had on one hand and this glorious thing that was going on in my head. And um, so I grew in praise. And uh, every day as I opened the book, and I was in the Psalms at that time, it was as if God would say to me, Carol, who am I to you today? Today. And um, again, as I praised God, there was just something new that lifted in my heart. This heavy burden of pain, though still there, was lifted. Finally, I came to the 27th Psalm. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And the light part I I understood. I understood the spiritual component of truth and how that worked. I knew that God was going to show me the path. And salvation, I felt like I understood as, you know, being born again. And the life that would come as Jesus refined me and grew me into my destiny, conformed me to the image of Christ. And then I looked at the part, the strength of your life and I I puzzled over that for a long time. God kept my nose in that verse for weeks. I looked it up in every commentary. That was back before computers were in every home and every resource I had. I I I pondered those verses. I chewed on them. And I just couldn't get what I felt like the Lord was trying to teach me. And finally one day it came to me, Carol, it's a long life between the beginning of your salvation and the ending when you get to heaven. And I will be, if you let me, the strength of your life. And then God, in his graciousness, helped me make the connection. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And as my praise from my mouth and the character of God in his scriptures rose, as my praise rose, the strength and the joy came. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I used to hate that little song we sung, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I just wanted to say, ho, 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 live a life of pain and, you know, sing that song. But I I really didn't like that song. But it is true. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I just was able to overcome a, a lot of the the pain and and the suffering just by readjusting uh, my thinking and just having this space in my head where God was so real to me. The question that Ecclesiastes asked and Drew asked me, would I take this journey again knowing everything that I know now? And there have been times in my life, aside from the arthritis, that I felt like I was living in a daytime soap opera But God has seen me through it, and praise has always been a big component. If you see me in the pew with my hands raised, it's not because of anything other than that. That praise brings joy, and the joy is the strength of my life. It's what keeps me going. And um, I definitely 
know I would go this way again because I know had I taken a path of my own journey, Satan would have had me in a tangled mess. You only have to look around at your friends in the world and you know Satan can turn lives upside down. I don't know who you are this morning or what you need, but Christ and the journey you take with him is worth it all. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. God is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in time of trouble, in time of need. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And in Hebrews, this little tiny part of a verse, out of weakness and frailty, they want strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The Lord lifts himself up, longing to be gracious unto you. Oh, people of God, let our mouths be filled with praise so that the joy of the Lord can come down and give us the strength for the journey that we call life. I figured her her words about uh, the the challenges um, that we face in aging would be more believable than mine. And I'm wondering um, if uh, some of you today find yourself in a place of bitterness because you don't know how to handle the hard work of growing older in our physical body. And, and if that's the case, then you know, recognize that. Recognize that anger or that bitterness or recognize that, that sense of really giving up where... Your body failing is revealing to you where you've found joy in something else besides the unchanging, almighty creator. And that's okay. It's okay to see that. It's, actually, it's good for it to be revealed so that it might draw you closer and closer to God. That indeed, his joy would be your strength. Now, Ecclesiastes calls us knowing that this is ahead, knowing what we'll face. He calls us then in verse 9, 10, and 12. He says, so start young. Start young while you still have the energy, while you still have the strength, while it's in a sense summertime in your life. Start young, especially in verse 12. It says, remember, this is the the command really of the passage, remember your Creator when you're young. in In the early days, before the days of trouble come. I uh, um, asked Nate Lowe if he would come share with us. Nate's taking off tomorrow, right? Nate, uh, you come on up, heading off to um, uh, Indiana, um, to Bloomington, uh, University of Indiana tomorrow um, for school. But just ask him from his perspective. I think we're going to have to raise the mic a little bit. 
from that perspective too. Yeah, just uh, speak uh, speak into it. But just uh, what it means for him uh, when he hears to remember Christ, remember our Creator in the days of our youth. Hi, everyone. Um, When Pastor Drew asked me, like he said, um, why is it wise to remember your creator in your youth? Um, I thought of like what good things come um, from following Jesus as a young man. And two words stuck out to me. The first one um, is peace. So um, there's many things that can cause anxiety um, in a young man's heart. In my heart, it might be uh, relationships. It might be schoolwork. um, It might be just like expectations that other people or yourself set for yourself. It might even be, you know, like maybe if your pastor calls you up on like a Wednesday afternoon and asks you to speak in front of the church. Uh, uh, there's a lot of things that cause anxiety. And um, there is relief, and I've found that you find relief in uh, lifting your worries up to Jesus. And uh, like it said in Ecclesiastes, which um, Pastor Drew read, um, however many years a man may live, um, let them enjoy them all. So um, the first word, like I said, was peace. Um, the second one um, is purpose. I think purpose um, stood out to me a lot. So before I say anything, I'm going to read... Um, something from First Timothy. Um, my my young life leader showed it to me um, earlier this week, and it really stuck out. Um, so it's First Timothy, chapter one, verse fifteen and sixteen. It says, "Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display His unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on Him and receive eternal life." So, um, young people like myself. Um, we make a lot of mistakes. Um, just ask my mom. Um, it's really easy to have self-doubt, sort of develop like a what am I good for mentality. Um, you might question your worthiness. For example, like I just had to open the Bible to read two verses and the lady before me recited like a whole passage. That's crazy. Um, uh, but if I remember my creator, um, Christ shows unlimited patience um, for those who believe in him. And I know that I always have a purpose um, as long as I'm following after Jesus. Thanks. Amen. Thanks. As a church, as a community of Jesus followers, it's our charge to come alongside from the, the Nate Lowe's to the Carol Browns that we all together are about helping the young remember their creator because we know the challenges that are still ahead and the challenges even in their, in their own lives, as Nate just shared. And as, as Carol shared, the, the challenges that we have no idea of what are before us. I mean, Ecclesiastes sees those challenges and left to their own devices, left to only that vision, which so often the, the challenges and pain and grief of this world can draw our attention only to itself. They are a black hole, a selfish black hole, the, the grief and pain and challenges that draw all of our attention and focus. And we as a community gather around one another to help focus our attention, to remember our Creator. Not just when we're young, but when we're middle-aged and when we're old throughout life. Um, there's a Psalm 137.6 gives a, a great picture um, of uh, what remember is. Uh, Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. 
See what remember means here. You know, I want to remember Jerusalem. I want to set Jerusalem above my highest joy. So remember isn't just to recite the multiplication tables. You know, remember, as we're talking about here, is, is to set above our highest joy, our almighty creator. And that's what we get to do as a community. Help one another remember like this. To set God above even our highest joy. Because we know as we remember, as we remember, start well in following after God and remembering our Creator, then we will finish well also. Um, one other uh, testimony from uh, a, a Christian from a long, long time ago, Augustine, who uh, was in the 4th century a follower after Jesus in northern Africa. And he was comparing our our spiritual life like an ant in summertime. Um, uh, That in our times of relative comfort and peace, that's the time that we need to be really pouring into God and pouring God into ourselves, in a sense, storing up spiritual truth. Memorizing passages so that they come to mind. Remembering um, them. I'll I'll, uh, let Augustine share with us. Let us imitate the ant by collecting seeds while it is still summer. What do I mean by that? While it was still summer. When life was tranquil. While worldly prosperity was your lot. When you had leisure, when, when everyone deemed you fortunate, it was summertime for you. If you had listened then to the Word of God, collecting grains and storing them within, you would have been following the example of the ant. Troubles might then have overtaken you to put you to the test, as though the frozen apathy of winter or a storm of fear or a cold snap of sadness had overtaken you. It could have been through some loss of fortune, or threat to your health, or the death of your dear ones, or some disgrace or humiliation. Then it would have been winter for you. But the ant falls back on what it collected in the summer. And there within, in its private place, where no one sees it, the ant is refreshed by the fruits of its summer toil while it was collecting these items during the summer. It was obvious to the onlookers. But when it feeds on them in winter, no one sees. During our times of summer, it is our charge to be collecting up, building up the storehouses of spiritual reserve, of walking with God in those times so that when the times of challenge come, that that wellspring of storage is what feeds us. That's why Ecclesiastes is calling us to start young. You know, to seek God for meaning in every moment so that we might finish well. Now, for some of us, starting young is no longer an option. Well, i got news for you. You're never any younger than you are right now. Right now. 
So it may be if you've been guiding through or you're catching yourself in the time of winter and you don't have the storehouses, well then cry out to God. Run to Him. Run to His Word. Jump in to Sunday school classes. Jump into to Bible studies they are going to be picking up here in September. Go, go and, and, and gather with folks, with listeners or counselors who can help lead you to that storehouse of our Creator who can help us even replenish the years the locusts have eaten. The years that maybe we wasted uh, pursuing meaning in the world or following our own wisdom. Today is the day if you find yourself in a place unconnected to God, today is the day to start. Today is the day to remember Him, to put Him above all other joys. To immerse yourself in His Word, to immerse yourself with God's people. Start young. Start now. So that you might enjoy Him and find meaning in Him in every moment and finish well. Amen.